1: Uh, So we've been to, like, I was trying to stack up the places that we've done this podcast from even before Pete Kenyut got involved, which has already been quite a long time, David. But we've had some exotic locations, haven't we? We have. I did a podcast. Do you remember I did a podcast from Malaysia, from Langkawi? That's true. Tour of Langkawi. Thank you. Um, Done loads from Italy. Almost every little bit of Italy that you could possibly imagine. Sicily, like the whole lot. Did one from Budapest in Hungary we done one from Greenwich. Did we? Yeah, when we did the bike ride across London. My God, that, okay, that's really, that's yeah. a really long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did one with Pete at, in Alentej. Yeah. Alentej. Is that happening again next year, Pete? Alentege.
0: Uh The race, the race. Yeah. yeah, I guess so, yeah. Are you gonna go? If we're invited, yeah.
1: You should do, you got the jersey last year. Yeah. True, true. I tried on my hats. hat. Out,
0: Let's get through this season first, I think. Well, let's get
1: through this podcast first. Yeah. Um, So uh, where are we,
2: Ned? You chose this. Well,
1: yeah, and I'm just saying, so this is really like the most random thing of all. We're in a London pub. Not just a London pub, but a pub I come to quite often. The White Hart, Cornwall Road, just around the corner from Waterloo. And just, you don't know this, but at the back behind you where you're sitting, David, in a direct line through that brick wall behind you, and another 100 meters in that direction, is a big tower with 22 floors, I think. Is that the platform
0: three and three quarters? Like what? Harry Potter. Oh, straight I through got, the, the brick I got, yeah, I yeah, got a yeah. picture nine, of that. Nine and a quarter. Oh, in nine and a quarter. I got a video of
2: that for my kids yesterday. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, I yeah. put King's Cross. Yeah. yeah.
0: Did, did you have There's a queue? big queue? There's a huge queue. Did you queue?
2: And there were some Asian people there dressed up as Harry Potter, waving a wand. It was yeah. amazing.
0: Harry Potter is amazing for the kids to get into, but it does it not feel like it's Christmas all the time? It's true, actually. It's that kind of like yeah. low, dark lighting. Yeah. And so I love that they're into it because it's so relaxing. You walk in and it's like, ooh. You We've know, been like, listening winter's coming. At home,
2: coming. the kids have just been listening to the Stephen Fry audiobooks of Harry Potter. Very good. It's amazing. Very good. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. I mean, I don't oh, like Harry t- Potter. Oh, t- he t- does the audiobooks. Yeah, yeah, he's phenomenal. No, but he's good, isn't he? Yeah. He's good at that kind of thing. He's good at that kind
1: Also, of thing. Michael Gambon died today, the actor who played yes. Dumbledore. Is it Dumbledore? I don't oh. know Harry
0: Potter very well. Really? No, that's... that's um, a while ago, wasn't it?
2: That's Gan- Gandalf. Helen, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Harry Potter. He was in Harry Potter. Michael was. Michael, I can't remember.
1: Michael Gambon. I remember him from a brilliant TV series that you wouldn't remember because, well, you wouldn't remember because you're too young. You wouldn't remember because even though you're probably not too young, you were in Hong Kong. Yeah. In the 1980s called The Singing Detective. But Michael Gambon died today and most of the obituaries say Harry Potter's Michael Gambon. Oh. So let me just Google which part he played. Hold on. Oh. Um, okay. Can, you, yeah, okay, can you, do you do a bit of well, yeah. So
2: Pete, what have you been up to? Since we last since the <laughs> tour of Britain since the tour of Britain that's where we last yeah. potted is it
0: yeah oh my God I think I was home for two days then went to Madrid for the last three days of the vuelta nice holiday well sort of sort of not Corporate great, holiday great couple of days here he is. That is oh yeah he was Dumbledore Dumbledore you're right I you're thought right? D- d- yeah no so, that wasn't Dumbledore that
2: wasn't no that's that already that happened Oh, my what sister's t- just arrived. Just going to go and help her with the bike. Anyway, I'm telling us what you've done. Okay, tell me what you've done. Yeah, what I've done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, since the we're we a bit rusty at this. Yeah. Aren't we? Well, no, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Two days at home. Yeah. Went to the Vuelta for the last three three stages. Yeah. Which was ace epic.
1: Were you actually like following the race in any sense, or were you just hanging a out a little bit?
0: I mean, I followed it at the start, and then I don't know why I didn't follow it in the middle. Yeah. Tour of Britain, I guess. Tour Getting of Britain. Ready for that. It was literally the middle um, week. Wasn't and it? then towards the end, a little bit, yeah. you couldn't not, could you, with yeah. the uproar on social media yeah. around Jumbo <laughs> Fisma. David Miller weighing on in there. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, watched. Hi, friend. Watched um, literally with my own eyes, not on TV. Roglic and um, obviously Sepkus. Oh, you put up a little video, and didn't you, obviously as well? Vinegar. Yeah, obviously Yeah. Uh, across the stage, it was the second last stage before Madrid when it was like 5,000 whatever metres, one of the hilliest days in the welter, to be fair. It's crazy, wasn't it? But it wasn't, they were all rolling roads, It was. there was no one point where, Nothings. so it was like a really whittling down place. Anyway, watch them in person cross the line together as they pointed towards Sep we saying, we'll, we'll attach you once and we'll do it again. But this year, you've won the Vela and you own the red jersey. <laughs> so that was yeah. good. That's good. Uh, and then after that, went on a family holiday to Gran Canaria.
1: Very good. Very good. Yeah.
0: Hence the tan. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no. you are very. Yeah, it must have been hot there. I guess. Very hot. Yeah. yeah. Um, you were quite. You you like. You said you you did a tweet or an X or whatever, yeah. which gained more traction and had more interaction than anything you'd ever oh, the said Sep before. Kuss one? Yeah,
2: the Sepkus thing. Yeah, that was yeah. the last We haven't spoken about that since then. No. Well, so I, we haven't spoken I for I about, about a month. I was watching the Vuelta, Yeah, because I love bike races, yeah. even when I'm not paid to watch them. Yeah. And I was also quite invested, obviously, because of Sepkus. Yeah. And I was very, like everyone, curious as to see how Jumbo Visma were going to manage the situation, especially coming into the Angli Roo. And I was kind of already perturbed at the way Vingegor was just attacking Granted that was their tactic, but Sepkus could have gone with those attacks and it was kind of really putting Sepchus in jeopardy. What prior to the Angular? You know stage? the stage before. Yeah, where Yonis went on yeah. that not a very hard climb, took a minute. Yeah. And nobody had reacted behind. Yeah. Which kind of wasn't what they expected perhaps. Oh, that's right, yeah. But at the same time, Yonis just went immediately at the beginning and Was that the minute. one where was that the
1: tourmalade stage? No, can't be. Th- no, that was way before yeah, that. And so, it, and yeah, and then
2: Roglic took a bit of time out of Sepp Kirst as well. So he was going into the Anglery, having no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. But he still, he only had like 28 seconds on uh, on Vingegaard going into Angleroo. Anyway, we got to the Angleroo, the three of them off the front. And Sepp Kirst was getting I, dropped. Do you know what, I didn't I actually just, see that. I yeah. didn't see what happened. No, I, I was watching. So the yeah. three of them off the front, done. Everything behind, gone. No threats. No podium threat. No podium threats whatsoever. Yeah. And the Seb Kirsten started to lose the wheel, went on the radio to tell them. We don't know what he said, but the finger go looked behind. He was on Roglic's wheel and just carried on. And at that point on the angle, you'd have just presumed that Seb Kirsten was going to lose 28 seconds. No problem. Lose the jersey. And I was just heartbroken and I thought this makes no sense. And, and then Lander caught up with Seb Kirsten. He saved it by eight seconds. But the whole thing, I found I was really uncomfortable because I felt that Primoz Roglic and Jonas got were taking advantage of Sepp Kuss's domestic kind of mentality. He's not got an alpha, ruthless, He's, I mean he'll readily admit that, that's kind of what he is in his career. He's always been like that, he won't be, he won't deliver the, the kind of the killer move and kind of uh, to jeopardize his teammates, which is what Jonas Finger and Primoz Roglic were doing. They were racing because they're alpha racers. But, I just felt after everything Sepkus has done, in any other situation, teammates would wait for the leader, just ride right away from him, their loyal domestique who's delivered every single tour of tour, Grand Tour win for them in the last few years. And so I tweeted uh, that I was very uncomfortable with it. And I th- thought Sepkus has shown them so much respect throughout their, their, his time racing with them and they showed him no respect, effectively. And it kind of went kicked off massively. and. Were people like disagreeing? Everyone, but, everyone most, most, was mostly, mostly agreeing. I mean, and I yeah, didn't, I yeah. did not, I was not critical of Jonas Vingo and Primoz Roglic. It was more the situation and the way Jumbo Visma managed it. Uh, and I felt what I, what I was most uncomfortable with was that they were taking advantage of Sepkus's kind of character and the fact, because he could have said in that radio, guys, I'm done, I can't follow you, carry on. Or you could have said, uh, guys, I'm, I'm, do- I'm dropped, I can't go. Either way, don't carry on, wait for him. It's um, But anyway, he saved it, and then the next day they were all in for him. But it, was, it wasn't the bike racing I love. It's not why I fell in love with the sport. I, I love the idea of, for want of a better term, chivalry, and kind of this romantic idea of re- mutual respect and unwritten rules. And they were just kind of out there to win. And hmm. It wasn't cool. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out.
0: on this mm. and also what sort of flares it up with me again is this incident with the Swanya at the finish line with the Spanish oh, yeah. police yeah. and Jonas sort of I mean the amount of hours and days you spend with your Soignees yeah. throughout your whole season yeah. to see someone on the ground and not even actually so just to, just sorry to yeah, not everybody will
1: know that context as far as I remember it the little video clip that you're referring to yeah. shows a, uh, a Spanish police officer like like semi, semi-aggressively, semi I suppose, kind was, of ushering. He yeah. was in the wrong to do that. Pushing Vingegaard out of the way because the car's trying to get no, through. No, sorry, the or, Swanee was in the wrong for pushing. Oh, no, and it. then, and then yeah. so, but as a reaction to that, yeah. the Swanee loses it slightly and pushes a copper, yeah. which is not a good not idea. Not the right thing to <laughs> do. <No. laughs> like, yeah, like kind of ever. Yeah. But also in Spain, really not a good idea, yeah. David. To, yeah. yeah. And, and then and then what happened? And then-
0: but then the, the, the Swanee literally got taken to the ground heavily by three Spanish policemen. But for me, not what was concerning, but what I didn't agree with is the fact that Vinegar just stood there acting like nothing was happening. You know, and it's like you're, it's not just about the rider or the domestics, it's about the whole team. Yeah. And like to see, and you care about your Swanee's, your mechanics, you build relationships and the fact that he's on the ground it made me feel uncomfortable that Vinegard didn't interact in any way shape or form he was just a spectator on wasn't it? what David yeah. said on the to contradict what I believe and what happened on the Angulo is in 10 years time when so to compare a situation Froome and Wiggins if Froome didn't yeah. work for Wiggins in that year's tour or wasn't respectable respect, respective of his leader he would now be in the five club of the guys who have won the Tour de France. I agree. I, I believe. So so to see I, I kind of, <laughs> yeah. in, in, in one way, in a sporting way, it's like yeah. Roglic, Vinegar. Yeah. It's like yeah. in 10 years, 20 years time, no one's going to know what yeah. they did or what they sacrificed for yeah. the set course. Yeah. They're going to look at the, oh, he won two fellers, four fellas, five fellers. It was completely wrong, but I can sort of understand it from... Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, how do you make that decision? And that just comes down yeah. to...
2: There's another thing on this which I, I thought about afterwards as well, and this is why I was saying about taking advantage of Sepkus, um, was because he's in that team. He has that role, and he loves that role, and he's incredibly happy, content of being this super domestic lieutenant. And he's in the bubble. You know when you're on a grand tour and you're in your team, you're in your bubble. And occasionally, there'll be by that point, they might have turned off social media because it's such an interruption. You know, The riders will take it off their phone. They don't want to know what's going on in the outside world, especially when stuff like that's kicking off. So while he was in the race, course, he wouldn't have thought anything was particularly wrong. It's like they're racing, they're my leaders. This is what we agreed this amongst ourselves. And, but he'd have got out of the race, gone back to the US. He will have dealt with every single person he meets going, you got flicked. You got flicked if it if he hadn't won the world Tour, And that would have started to eat away at him. And then you for Primoz Roglic and Jonas Fingergaard and Jumbo Viswa. They've lost the number one loyal domestique in the world because that's never, that's going to eat away at Sepkus forever if that had happened. Post the race, post once he goes out into the real world and sees what every single other person thinks of how his team treated him. So. it's deep. It's really, it's
1: really interesting yeah. hearing it. I mean, like, I love the fact that Never Strays Far is dealing with this issue three weeks after it happens. Mm-hmm. Every other podcast has put this to bed, done it in depth, but now we're going to do
0: it. Yeah. Now we're going to do it. It comes back to teammates playing the game a bit, though, doesn't it? What, yeah. in the podcast? Or in the wrong way. No, okay. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. true.
2: But uh, we're just going about what...
0: Like, do you have any experiences of that happening no, to you? No, not really. Not it's that. Really. No, I do. nothing
2: I like can... You do. Yeah, but you've been on big
0: teams. Honestly. Uh, quite, yeah. Uh, so, when was it? Suntor Yeah. 2000 and whatever. yeah uh, so I was in the <laughs> I love this I was story. in the I was in the <laughs> yellow jersey of the like leaders' jersey of the Sun Tour, which by all means is not a big race for Froome or anyone who's won the Tour de France done whatever he's done. But for me it was. And there's it finishes on the circuit, I think the same circuit every year where they go over the same file. And he attacked um for King of the Mountains points. I was unable to obviously follow him.
1: Because he's after the King of the Mountains points and he's and teammate. he's my teammate, yeah.
0: brought one other guy with him. That was it. Yeah. It, and then I didn't win it. But I think he'd won every stage race he'd started before the Tour de France up to that point. So for him, it was more of like a psychological thing that he wasn't okay with. Does that right. make sense? There's always a yeah. man before that. Yeah. Alpha yeah. behavior. Yeah. Very. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So how did... <laughs> yeah,
0: well... What happened at the finish line then, Pete? Did you... Uh, did you, did <laughs> you did <laughs> <laughs> I ended up having a massive argument with some Australian guy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. Nothing with fruit. What, are they, they're they not the jam, Pedro Padron Peppers, are they?
2: No, they're not Padron Peppers. Okay, Pe- good. Yeah. So, Ned, since the tour of Britain, have <laughs> yeah. you been deep in the road book? Deep in the road book. Deep yeah.
1: in the Frustrated, to some mm. extent, but also very excited. Mm. It's coming together really well. I'm doing my very long editor's introduction that sums up the entire racing year. And I think i kind of think i'm the the, what i do every year with the editor's introduction which is huge you know it's twelve thousand words i don't think anyone else does that i don't think anywhere else the entire racing calendar gets summed up in one enormous chapter Mm -hmm. like that so i'm quite proud of what i do every year on that and it also it's for me it's a really important moment of reflection on kind of what what has defined this year what's been the kind of thing this year you know and i think I'm a bit uncertain about this year's conclusions right. because Remco, who promised so much, delivered in fits and starts. Mm-hmm. Van Art wasn't quite the same. Van Art, mm-hmm. Van der Poel. I think you've been vindicated entirely yeah. in the way you assess Van der Poel. Is this super targeted? Like he's uh, he's one of those like lions that just slinks around yeah. the perimeter of the zebras, the good kill, like digesting stuff mm-hmm. and looking like he can't be bothered. Yeah. And then when he goes, he goes, mm-hmm. right? And then he comes back with it, drags the zebra back, and yeah. kind of that's the way he operates. So that's been a real revelation to me this year. But I think the, the biggest revelation is this whole Yumbo visma kind of scenario and how impregnable they seem to be and, you know, throwing forward. How on earth today? But anyway, that aside, that sounds a bit too much like a conventional sort of cycling mm-hmm. question. Can I just get a bit of thing off my chest? Yes, you can. <laughs> so... There's a, there's a bit, that like, the, the roadbook is six years old and there's a really important bit of the roadbook where right at the beginning we have a, a section called, and it's my almost my favourite bit of the roadbook actually, we have a section called In the Winner's Words and the very first edition we did in 2018, um, I f- all, all three Grand Tours were won by British riders, different British riders, Garrett Thomas won the Tour de France, Chris Froome did that, his last victory wasn't it, in the Giro and then the was won by Simon Yates and I thought because predominantly this is a British production it'd be really good to get all three of those riders, get their thoughts and get them to retell that in 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 the first person and the way that we do that it's quite a conventional journalistic thing is I'll do a phone call with them, transcribe their words, tweak them so they make sense on the you know but the, the spirit of those words is true and then it's in their words and're they're, they're, they're fine with that and uh, you know all that kind of thing and it was brilliant it was brilliant like Geraint did a brilliant piece Chris Froome did a brilliant piece couldn't get all the Simon Yates but then the Yates brothers just don't do they just don't do that kind of thing because they just can't be bothered with it by the way I tried to get Adam Yates this year no no chance um but so subsequent to that we've done that every single year we've done Paris-Roubaix winners Milan-San Remo winners Tour of Flanders winners men women all the great champions Wat van Aert Annamie van Fluten, you know one by one they've all contributed and it's been it's been really good I have um, got, I think, one of the biggest names in the sport has done the best ever in the winner's words for this year's road book. I'm not going to say who it is, but you might be able to guess. It's absolutely brilliant um, about a certain bike race that he won. But I I sent out, you see, I don't know Jonas Fingergaard, I don't know Primoz Roglic, and I don't know Sepp Kus. So in order to track them down, I have to go through their team press officers and even if i knew them they're big riders on big teams even if i did have a personal connection quite rightly and i could message them directly they would probably say yes or no and if they said yes they'd probably have to refer it back to their teams to kind of be authorized to do this 20 minute phone interview so in order to get the ball rolling i contacted a um via whatsapp which is the way we always talk one of the most experienced press officers in the entire uh, Peloton has been doing a job for a long time and I and he's been very helpful in the past and I said this is what y- you've won three grand tours I- each of them are fascinating I would love for the road book which is a book he knows all about I would love if I can I know it's you know a big ass but I'd love for 10 or 15 minutes with any of them whether it's Primosh, Jonas or Sepp and you know the old whatsapp thing that we often laugh about like yeah. the blue tick yeah, yeah. blue tick and I got a blue tick and I, that, that's fine, he's busy. And then the next day they announced Nathan Van Hoydonk's really sad, uh, you know, that his, his statement that he had to retire from professional racing. I thought, okay, to cut this guy some slack, he's probably dealing with a very delicate situation here, this rider in this orphan. So I sent him a message saying, listen, I'm sorry, clearly I've asked this at the wrong time because you, you were clearly involved heavily with, with Nathan's thing. Sorry to hear about that, by the way, because he's a great rider and all this sort of thing. And I left it with that blue tick. And then five days later, I, I still haven't heard a thing, not even an acknowledgement of my request. Sounds
0: like mine and their co- uh, relationship. So
1: I, so I send him, well, I'll come to that. So I send him, a, I send him another message saying, I'll take it this as a no then, mm. blue tick,
2: yeah.
1: and no response. Whoa. So I am thinking that a press officer is paid decent money, especially at a big team and, yeah. and, they're, and, they're, and they are, yeah, he's a senior press officer. Yeah. And um, his only job, yeah his only job as far as i'm concerned is to maintain cordial and productive and fruitful relations with the media because Mm -hmm. that's his job yeah so simply not to reply to a polite request from a a kind of semi-authentic i don't normally have whinges like this but i think the personal rudeness of that yeah and i think it's really symptomatic of where cycling is heading with these super teams we've got Mm -hmm. to we've got to talk about the mega team merger sort of thing they are they are heading in this inexorable direction where they want to take complete control of their, of their front-facing media yeah. kind of presentation. Yeah, they're all buying into the Netflix thing. They're all buying into their own version of Netflix things. Yeah. You know, they're all doing their little deals with Amazon Prime and their own sort of. It's increasingly difficult for the print media to get any access to the riders whatsoever. And um, I got really annoyed by that actually. Yeah. Because Quitefully so. Because I, I'm a cycling commentator. My job is to talk about. Like when the microphone goes on and the red light comes on, it's akin to me just not saying you anything. You know what's annoying about that it's as well?
2: Perhaps uh, I'll say, perhaps I would have loved to have been in the road, but and you'll never know whether you, you wanted to be in there because sometimes the press office doesn't even speak, won't even speak, spoken to the riders.
1: Almost everyone I've ever done for this yeah. for this particular section yeah. has really. Because we always send them a courtesy yeah. book, obviously, and they always message back. Saying, be amazing! Because it's just a lovely record yeah. of, and it's also an incredibly positive story always. Yeah. Because we're literally asking them to say, "How did I win this race?" Yeah, you know. Well, it annoyed me I anyway. I just need annoyance. to get that. I'd like. I just want to get off my yeah. chest. Ah, so. Maybe
0: it's a press officer thing. From my experience, to turn up to Ineos on day one of the tour without letting her, the press officer know, who we are friends oh, with yeah. now. Yeah, but there was a oh, yeah. bit of a to do. Yeah. Um, and I think they feel the stress of from the senior management and what they yeah. put out and yeah. how they control things. And maybe that filters down to us just trying to get a simple interview from a rider, basically. But it's, it's not always ideal, is it? No, it isn't. Right.
1: Back in the day, I'm sitting here like 10 years ago, I remember, yeah. just a little bit over 10 years ago, your sister, who's sitting here eating yeah. Padron peppers... And just listening to this podcast being recorded, she's not actually going to contribute. She's yeah. sitting here. She used to have the role of the press officer, yeah. senior press officer, yeah. with Team Sky, and she was always really good at understanding the situation that, uh, that 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 we were in and how to go about it. I remember there was a time when there was a time when, covering which tour it was, was twenty ten tour, where Wiggins had come into the tour, like. Obviously, as the leader, Wiggins was going to try and win the Tour de France in 2010. It all went wrong. The legs yeah. weren't there. The form wasn't there. And he stopped talking to the press because everything had collapsed. And after about 10 days, I don't think ITV had got an interview out of him. And I turned up at the start. I'd arranged with Fran, I think, to do an interview with Brad. And we got to the start at the, at the appointed time, but Brad wasn't going to come off the bus. And it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> and um, And I remember Fran kind of like... Manipulate Well, not manipulate, I was totally wrong, but reading the situation really well, making sure that she had the right word with the right person at the, at the right yeah. time and actually applying the levers and understanding mm. why it's not a good look for yeah. him not to front up at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't a difficult line of questioning. It was just to give him an opportunity just yeah. to kind of like, yeah. so tricky for Brad. I'm not saying that, but, but you know, a good press officer is a good press officer. A good so press one officer of Fran does.
2: Miller's uh, strings in her bow is a good press officer. One well, of how many, no, she's, that. So <laughs> she's too, taking that. That's
0: too it. too easy work for you though, isn't it? Yeah, it is, too <laughs> simple. <laughs> Do it in yeah. child's play, easy. So I turn up, stage one in Tour de France, Bilbao. Yeah. Os bus, like the lot, you know, big hotel. Yeah. Uh, la-da-da-da-da. Turn up for this to interview the um, nutritionist about a piece on nutrition that we're doing during the tour. Yeah. Hannah, the press officer. You have... Uh, so I messaged her and she was like, you didn't ring me, you didn't ring me. And you fully went in on me, like full gas went in on me. That I hadn't arranged interview. You can't just turn up to our hotel. This, that, and the other. And I was like, "Listen, love, I don't want to be here." Did you say love? Yeah, I was like, in the, <laughs> in, the, the best. in the anyway, fo- in the yeah. foyer yeah. of yeah. the Team Sky Team Ineos <laughs> hotel. That's Team so Sky nice. Rod sat over there. Someone's there's about. 800 bloody sports scientists sat trying to work out how we're going to get Kwiatkowski to get a stage win. And like, Listen, love, I don't want to be here as much as you do. Are you going to give me the bloody interview or not? <laughs> God I, think, or. I think that's the point
1: because going back to my gripe with the, yeah, we'll move on from this subject yeah. in a minute, but going back to my gripe with this Jumbo Visma press officer, actually, uh, if he if he wants to say to me, Primoz is on holiday, Jonas is on holiday, and Sepp's gone back to America. Fine, I get that, but just have, tell me no. Don't not reply. (laughs) Absolutely staggering. Because if I don't get a reply, so if I don't get a reply, I still think maybe, out of the blue, I've got to, but I've got to fill the pages of this book, so if they're not gonna, if Jumbo Visma aren't gonna supply one of their winners, I've got to go after someone else, which is actually exactly what has happened. So Jumbo Visma won three grand tours, none of them. None of them are represented in the 2023 roadbook in the winner's words. So, so much. So,
2: there we go. Sodom.
1: Well, unlike David, who is deep into his rabbit hole of sport and preparing for the Valencia Marathon, and unlike Peter Kenyuk, who is 16 coming up 17. I'm a man of more advanced years and my physical targets and ambitions are a little bit more limited, simply uh, bending down and straightening up without going where my ambitions lie these days. However... I do not miss a single day of imbibing AG1 every morning, every scoop packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, all the good stuff basically uh, that boost my energy, uh, help support my mood and uh, even, um, it has been said, uh, produce a healthier looking head of hair. Uh, More on that, because I have had a haircut later. But in the meantime, if you want to take ownership of your health like we've all been doing, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash neverstraysfar. That's drinkag1.com slash neverstraysfar. Check it out. And in doing so, you're supporting the pod. (laughs) Um, anyway, next year, it's Jumbo Visma Soudal Quickstep, isn't it? <laughs> what is go- that was surprising, right? Did you see that one coming?
2: I don't know. Yeah, it's super surprising. Is it going to happen? Well, What's the, the hunch? The rumor was for so long that it was Ineos and Soudal, because they've both got minimal riders signed what? up, apparently.
0: One of the guest speakers on the gig that I was at for the last couple of days, it was Vessel. I can't remember his last name. He owns part of Quickstep, like the actual company. Oh, the Czech guy?
1: The- no. The Czech guy? Yeah. What the... Oh, if Ooh. it was the guy, yeah. I think it is. He's Get like a that. mining billionaire. Yes. He's an oligarch.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's like... Yeah, Tim, yeah. Okay. Really cool. Like, really... Easy. Very interesting yeah. guy. What? Yeah. Very interesting guy. Oh, God, yeah. 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 Had like Everyone was captivated listening to him for hours. Yeah. Uh, and they're part of a... It sounds like they're part of sort of like a board. They're trying to reform, cycling and restructure the whole season, basically. Mm. Oh, right. no. And how it works. And, and I'm a traditionalist, so I can't see the Tour de France being the last race or uh-huh. you know and it, the reason why no one really understood relegation and promotion is because it's not football <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's ridiculous yeah. we all love that Pyrenees and Adrasco are on at the same time yeah. like why would you why yeah. would you want to change that yeah. the fact that certain riders don't turn up to certain races because that's great we don't want a MotoGP system no. we don't want a Premier League This is a sport that... Why can't people just get that? Why can't they leave it alone? I understand where they're coming from, like how Mm. it doesn't work for the teams Mm. and the fact that it's it's, it's unsustainable. The way teams fold, there needs to be more sustainability for like what comes into the teams and how the whole sport operates. Mm. But I think it needs to come from like a traditionalist point of view to make that work because you're never going to you're never going to recreate the sport
1: but for every team that folds another one appears uh, this
0: what m- I don't get I know, like, I, this is single minded though I think
1: Uno X comes but in but what about like,
0: yeah, like, this is great because I love this it's like it's fine like some, some other sponsor will come on board for two years or whatever but it's not good for the actual team where uh, Swanies lose jobs and riders and but
1: it's of always been
0: that way i i i I agree with you ned like honestly but i understand why they want to try and change it yeah but where how you do that so i said to him i said i mean that potentially you ruin the sport
1: yeah you know by by actually ripping everything up all these traditions so say if you had
0: my question is if you had this master plan of what cycling looks like what is the first step to making that happen then i'll believe it if you say okay we're gonna do this first Mm -hmm. and then this it's like, what, what, how do you even, if you, if you really think Cycle be Better is like a, a, a season where every top rider goes to the monuments and every Grand Tour, how, how do you get to that point without over, like, how does that happen, you know? That's my question. I don't know how that works. Don't know.
1: You go back to our idea in the pandemic of having the Super Grand Tour with all the monuments as stages.
2: Yeah. Just That'll compress it all back.
1: <laughs> yeah, stage right. seven is Milan San Stage <laughs> nine is Paris Roubaix. <laughs> <laughs> These people are, like like fully be prof- believe be...
0: it's going to happen, though. Do they? Yeah. Well, they're probably they're right. mad. But the they, they're,
1: the super mega team idea is terrifying, isn't it? Like yeah. that really worries me a bit. Like,
0: no.
2: That's
0: also, it so would two, be good to see do Roubaix, though, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it would be
2: brilliant.
0: Like, so this is the argument. It's like. Need, we need to find a way that every top rider races all the big races, without affecting what cycling is as a sport. And maybe your argument would be that that they don't have to ride the top rate, all the best <laughs> races, because they're the classics and this is the tour. Nice. But I think from a a person coming in is sort of unbiased and on the fence and doesn't know the history. It makes as much like, sense why? it
1: makes as much sense as saying that Usain Bolt has to run the marathon otherwise he doesn't get to do the 100 metres. It's an absolute nonsense. Like it, it just makes it's just like it's
2: just can't do it. You can't
1: do it. You no. can't. Because Jonas finger god. okay ride they paris fine I'll they start and climb up on the outskirts of Compiègne. They can do it that? Yeah, the yeah, exactly. They Campion. can
0: do it. Because a tour winner can also win monuments. All yeah. of them seen that, that with in? um gotcha yeah. so well they, yeah, can, they can, can can do it absolutely they
1: can you said do, it, they, but they can't not, do it but
0: Vingegaard's <laughs> not going to do no, it no but, but he it? might have to <laughs> <laughs> in <laughs> this ludicrous obliged, idea obliged to of qualifying for the Tour sort of France I don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know I was trying to think outside the box after yeah, yeah. the yeah. conversations yeah. it's yeah. interesting what yeah. do you
2: think I think cycling is one of the most traditional sports in the world and that's why it works it's like yeah I know many of these races when you understand the difficulty of staging these races as well, with local councils and local communities, they rely on it being at that place in the calendar of their planning in the year. And the race is completely dependent on the local government and also the local population. It's like an institution so that their, races then. So the their calendar.
0: argument is, without this reform, Pyrenees won't exist in 20 years.
2: Well, I are so involved in this. I bet if ASL no, dead. That, yeah, well, nothing happens. That's the, yeah, I don't know. They just I they I
0: also said this. Yeah, exactly. Good conversation, yeah. 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 It's quite cycling heavy.
2: Yes. Oh. Mark, got... is it official that Mark's doing Astana next year then? I saw on social media. It I don't, don't know why we're safe.
0: staring at Peter. we staring at Peter. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I can say that, but he is. I saw it.
2: Ben Stiller, the actor, <laughs> repost yeah, a tweet. Ben saying Vogels. This Ben Stiller. Oh, Ben Stiller. Yeah. Saying this is exciting. Yeah. And it was an announcement that Mark is riding next year for a stand. Yeah, I think. For who? Yeah. Uh, I start it, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, his agent, his agent, I was in communication with him about a week ago and he said, yeah, Mark's just back from three days in Kazakhstan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went, okay. okay. I was watching, yeah, I have like so.
0: three channels in Gran Canaria or wherever you go. Yeah. There's like BBC, yeah. ITV and Channel 5. Like Ben Fogles was all over it. And Lauren was like, isn't it amazing how someone can just recreate themselves, No, you know, yeah. a new career? Yeah. And I was like, "Ben you Fogel? Know what? Yeah, the rower, Olympic rower. No, James Cracknell. No, Ben Fogle. Is he an Olympic rower? I think so,
1: yeah. Oh, okay, sorry.
0: Is I he? was like, yeah, it's amazing, but I'm absolutely sick to death of him. <laughs> like, he yeah. does a program on anything. Yeah. Like, literally, he <laughs> do a program on all inclusive holidays to Gran Canaria. Yeah. If you got paid for it, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: He's a bit of a running joke in with me and my agent. When I do my one-man show and I tour like, around the theatres, it's always like I get there two days before Ben Fogel's been there. <laughs> because <Brilliant. laughs> it's yeah. an evening with Ben oh, Fogel. Oh, it's a never-ending life. What would you, if you went to an evening with Ben Fogle? if you had to go to an evening with Ben Fogle and like you did a Q&A at the end, and you put up, what would be your question to Ben Fogel? What would you ask him? Go, like a rowing? Is he a rower? Is that right?
0: He is a rower, yeah. Is he, he was, yeah.
1: Okay. I didn't know that actually. I thought he was just no. a television guy. Yeah. Like Gary Imlak. He definitely wasn't a
2: roller. <laughs> I don't think. He was a good footballer though. Who? Gary Imlak. Oh, was he? Well his he, dad was a footballer. Yeah.
1: Gary had a like um, like decent he tried out for Plymouth oh, Argyle and I think he played for Plymouth Argyle and stuff. Like yeah. soccer. Yeah. Football. Yeah.
2: Soccer. Mm. Yeah.
1: Mm. I I listened to a really good <laughs> podcast today, David. I've sent you a link.
2: I can't hear you.
1: I, listen, I can hear everyone because I've got these headphones on yeah, I, I listened to a really good podcast today and I've oh, sent yeah. you a link
2: I haven't had time to look at it yet
1: um, but you need to listen to this podcast because I want to push it it's by a mate, a mate of mine called Tom McTague yeah. um, who does with his co-host a podcast called These Times and he's a political correspondent and uh, so a lot of it's heavily about politics but it's really really good but, so that's not maybe what you're so interested in but on Tuesday he released a podcast it's all about the race for control by the superpowers, by which I mean America, China, and Russia, of the Arctic. Oh wow! And it's just
2: oh, I'll listen, nuts. To that. It's That'll absolutely
1: be nuts. And there's a, there's a Norwegian island called Svelbard, that used to be called Spitsbergen. Okay, where where the it's part of it's under the control of the Norwegians. It's so, and it like sits in the middle of the Arctic, way north of yeah. way north of Norway and Russia, out into the Arctic Ocean. It's an archipelago of islands some of the coldest and most northerly places inhabited anywhere on earth. And, uh, and it belongs to Norway, but because there was a treaty signed during the Treaty of Versailles at the end of the First yeah. World War, it, prior to the First World War, it belongs to literally no country. Oh, wow. Norway said, it's probably ours. We yeah. kind of discovered it. Yeah. And the rest yeah. of the world went, yeah, right. We'll, we'll sign it over to you, but only if um, we can all go there. And do our own thing in perpetuity.
2: Well, that makes no sense.
1: Visa-free. And you can yeah. stop no one coming in. Oh, and Norway went, all right. And so the deal is, so now, nowadays, British, American, I'm like there's 46 countries, including Turkey in places, that just go up there, they, their citizens can enter, there's no passport control, they go there and they can exploit the mineral wealth and do all these sort, sort of mad... Like? madly important geopolitical, strategic, military, secret things up there as well. Huh. And the Americans are up there, the Russians are up there. All the world's uh, satellites refer to a station in in, in this, this um, Arctic archipelago. And just recently, just weeks before the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the Russians cut... This is the fastest inter- internet connection of any internet connection anywhere in the world. They cut this this connection. Hmm. So that it would disable temporarily all the the GPS wow. satellite networks that were that were going to be used for like to track the Russian troop yeah. movements and stuff like that. It's
2: all happening up there. Amazing. I you heard about the um, the can. electric
0: cars in the Tour de Norway? No. <laughs> Good segue though. Bring it back. Because um, they just don't have literally don't have enough battery to get from to do the transfers and get from stage to stage. I can well believe. So that. So the stories that come out of it. Aaron driving the team car back. Um, headlights off, all lights off to save oh no. battery oh because wow. you're 20K away from home and it's flashing red. And he's just driving along, hoping, hoping to death that no one is doing the same thing, coming towards him. <laughs> wow. And then And then another night, won't be, because... he's just, it's completely ran out. You have to call someone to get the car picked up. No heating, Norway, middle of the night, freezing, 10 o'clock, he's got to get back, wash all the bikes, freezing to death in his car because he's got no battery. No heating, nothing. So all the, all the
1: cars that are lent, because that's a race where the teams don't take their own no, team cars. No, yeah. they're all electric and, and you've got to electric. pot, you've got to find obviously that's charging mad.
0: points. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. yeah. Which, very good. it's not a great advert for electric cars, but I think it doesn't really work on a bike race at this moment in time. No,
1: <laughs> no, maybe not. But anyway, recommend yeah. that. Yeah, okay. Spitsbergen. Yeah, Svalbard.
2: Yeah. yeah. So what have you been doing in London? Um, uh, I went to a factory in Italy for chapter three on so Tuesday. Random. Yeah. Then yesterday I went to Paul Smith to get a, a tuxedo for velodor
1: That's so funny. So know, what's, the what's the Velodor?
2: What's the So in football you have the Ballon d'Or, yep. which is big glitzy events where they award the, foot, the best footballer in the world with a Ballon d'Or, like Messi's I mean, Messi won it w- like seven times. wins so. it every year, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Um, And they've always had it for cycling, Velodour, but it's been this kind of like classic cycling. It's kind of they have no ceremony for it. And so they've decided to do a Velodour equivalent of Ballon d'Or, obviously smaller, but glitzy event, smaller thing in Paris, where they're actually going to award the Velodour and five other awards to the best cycle, all these different awards, five of them. And um, it's organized by the same guys who do Ballon d'Or because it's owned by ASO. Yeah, and Didier Drogba does it for Ballon d'Or. And I'm the Didier Drogba for cycling. So I'm going to be on stage, hosting this event. I've got, I go there four days before, Wearing and I just t- got an email to today, and I've got like five hours of rehearsals on the Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then at the venue on Tuesday. So much can evening. go wrong, David. Thanks, Ned. You've so been, much can you're go been wrong. horrible
1: support for this. So you're coming I, across I, just for the laugh. I am absolutely coming across. I've booked yeah. my travel. Yeah, I'm going to stay in our Tour de France hotel, which is just around the corner. It's near the yeah. Champs Elysees, isn't it? It's really yeah. close to. Oh, is we're... it? Yeah, oh, yeah. I
2: yeah. oh, it's on the Champs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Nice. I'm so and um, you've got yeah. me in, so yeah. I'm going to yeah. sit. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to support you in
0: the fact that I know you will do better if I'm not in the crowd. <laughs> That's thanks, Pete. That <laughs> uh, is actually true. That's really exactly. useful. So thank you for that. Yeah. But I'm
1: already thinking you've got gold envelopes. Oh, it's going to be got, amazing. Trophies. Like, oh There's a lot. There's a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very smart. I'm seeing a France sharing picture. You're Paul Smith tuxedo. Yeah. So yeah, so did that, and
2: then I went. To Bremont's Watches, which is an amazing watch. This is good actually. So, Bremont's is British watch company, and I've, I've known the, the founders for a while. And I went to their uh, HQ in Henley on Thames. Did you the founders? Uh, yeah, for a while. Nick, Nick and Giles okay. English. Yeah. They only started in 2002. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. they're from Henley. Yeah. and I yeah. not it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I arrived at the HQ <laughs> yesterday and I stopped for food. There's a super a Tesco's right next door to where they are. Pulled in there, it's a Tesco's where I stacked shelves in the winter of two, 1995, before I went to France. Literally you worked the, for Tesco's? Yeah, I worked in te- stacking shelves in Tesco's <laughs> at night so that I could train during the day before I went to France in I 1995. Never knew, I never knew you yeah. worked for Tesco's. So I pulled out of Tesco's with my sandwiches and drove next door to Bremont, the watch company, and did my talk in this amazing place. That's amazing. 28 years, how things have changed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, that's yeah. Cool. so that's why I'm here. Very good, very yeah. good. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to um,
1: we're gonna have dinner now, aren't we? Yeah. And what's the most exciting thing about this dinner, David?
2: I find it so difficult to hear
1: you, Ned. What's the most exciting thing about this dinner? It's really noisy in here, isn't it?
2: It's an NSF. It's an NSF yeah. dinner. A merch. There's still merch, people. We've got oh, yeah. it there online. Yeah. Go and get it. How do, how do they do that? Like, yeah. Well, can we, can sure this. We've, we've got, we can do it whenever we like now. So, but, but how did they how do they buy it? Oh, they go you know, onto chapter three, I'm, The link will be in the bu- in the, 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 show the, the show notes. Show yeah, notes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, anyway, thank you to all the people who've been buying merch. Yeah, and thank you to Athletic Greens as well, AG One, yeah, yeah. Um, for their support because this is our first company meal. So yeah. we've got the company cards yeah. we're literally Fran's invited because she's a like associate yeah. member. Yeah, and uh, um, we're gonna have, we're gonna have dinner now. Yeah. So, um, lovely. Yeah, speak to you soon. <laughs>